Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This week on Dueling Review, it is Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number one from DC Comics. Kara Zor-El has seen some epic adventures over the years, but finds her life without meaning or purpose. Here she is, a young woman who saw her planet destroyed and was sent to Earth to protect a baby cousin who ended up not needing her. What was it all for? Wherever she goes, people only see her through the lens of Superman's fame. Just when Supergirl thinks she's had enough, everything changes, and the alien girl seeks her out for a vicious mission. Her world has been destroyed and the bad guys responsible are still out there. She wants revenge, and if Supergirl doesn't help her, she'll do it herself, whatever the cost. Now a Kryptonian, a dog, and an angry, heartbroken child head out into space on a journey that will shake them to their very core. Uh, so remember, if you guys... Oh, somebody's got a, a hand up. Marshall wants to get back in again. Marshall's hand. Marshall wants to get back in on I didn't mean to do that. I hit the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let us do a podcast. And so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you uh, if you show up in our stages, Doodling Review Channel Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m., you can raise your hand and ask a question. You can interact with us live. But that's only if you're a patron and only if you connect your Patreon account to your Discord account. You get access to all sorts of secret channels, including the Dueling Review Show. Like I said, we record this live 8 o'clock p.m. on Thursday nights. And it's a lot of fun. And this week, uh, as you already heard, we are taking a look at Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow number one from uh, DC Comics. And I'm, I'm just going to let you uh, talk for a little bit, Matthew, and, and share your thoughts on, on this issue. So... This issue, written by Tom King, art by Bill Keys Everly. Bill Keys? Bill Quis? Bill Quis. Um, Bill Quis. Okay. Starts out with a very sword and sorcery tale. My father was killed and felled by a magic sword, and I found the sword, and then I went looking for someone to avenge my father. And it very much feels like, you know, a Red Sonia story until, you know, the child ends up in a tavern, and somehow in the tavern, this blonde woman shows up, and, you know, picks up the sword and, hey, it's Supergirl. Uh, but Supergirl, of course, under a red sun, not entirely invulnerable. So she gets some throwing up. Uh, she gets some some stabity stabity. And most of this story is about Ruthie, uh, whose father has been murdered, trying to convince Supergirl to pick up his sword and avenge him. And then things start getting really yucky. And then it ends with a really, really confusing part that I'm not entirely sure about. And Supergirl gets shot in the like, chest. What part didn't you under, What part didn't you understand? I thought it was pretty self-explanatory. The whole spaceship countdown thing puzzled me for a minute, and then we get to because, that last panel. I'm like, well, oh. yeah, because uh, you know, uh, Ruth shows up to uh, you know she follows Supergirl. Supergirl is like, look, um, one thing that I've learned growing up is you never kill, and that's not the way that that right. you know people should be expecting. You should not kill either. 
And then she goes, I, I must go. I must go back to my planet needs me. I must go now. <laughs> and uh, so she goes off and Ruthie follows her to the ship. And she's like, what is this thing? And Supergirl comes out. She goes, oh, my gosh, what are you doing here? The ship is already in countdown mode for for launch. And if you're here when it goes off, it's going to have a big kick and it's going to throw you back. So the countdown has already started when the bad guys show up and try to to kill Ruth and Crypto and Supergirl. Right. And the main bad guy gets in the ship because it's already, you know, pre-programmed to take off and it takes off. And now they have to figure out, number one, Supergirl needs to uh, figure out how to pull these arrows out of her chest without killing herself. Number two, how to save mm -hmm. crypto. And number three, how to get her ship back. Uh, right. And I'm going to guess that these two are going to go on an interplanetary voyage to the stars to uh, to take down Ming the Merciless. Uh, I in thought this you were going to say Hero's Journey, at which point I was just going to hang up. No. Uh, to, okay. uh, you know, to, in this princess of Mars, uh, type tale. Yeah. But yes, it's I agree with you. I agree with you at the beginning. I was very much sitting there going, why is this not a red Sonia tale? Because right. everything that we have read up until the part where not that Supergirl is revealed, but the part mm -hmm. where, um, Ruthie follows her to the spaceship at about the midway right. part, then suddenly it becomes more of a, ah, okay, here's why this is a Supergirl tale instead of mm -hmm. a Red Sonja tale uh, because it's got space involved or Princess of Mars tale or whatever that you want to uh, put in here. But right. uh, yeah, I was, I kind of felt like it did have that, that classic pulp uh, type space and space lasers and swords type story. Flash yeah. Gordon-y, uh, you know, fill in your, your space pulps right there. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. It's interesting. It's, it's just, I don't know. I, I found myself really engaged in Bilquis's art and not so much down with Tom King kind of channeling your, you know, Edgar Rice Burroughs or your, uh, John Quincy Adams who created Conan. Um, no, I can't remember his name. You know, the guy. Yeah, a hat. I do. Yeah. Killed yeah, himself, put a shotgun to his head and killed himself. See, that's just dark. I What'd mean, that's what, there? that's what happened. I mean, it's really sad. I mean, I, the guy would, I'm not I mean, saying it's not sad or true. I'm just saying, why would you, why would that be the first thing you go to? Because uh, it, I mean, his story is so tragic. I mean, he, Robert E. Lee, that's who it was. No, Robert Howard. Uh, yeah. That guy killed himself. Howard Roberts. Yeah. Killed himself at really the height of his fame. Uh, he, yeah. we could have had so much more, uh, Conan. We could have had so much more Solomon Kane. Uh, we could have had, I mean, we really could have had so much more, but he suffered from a uh, depression and, um, probably some other form of mental illness as well. Uh, he had lost his father and his mother was uh, ailing and he just went out to his car one day with a shotgun and that was it. So, uh, but yes, this does feel very much like uh, a Conan tale or like I said, princess of Mars, Edgar Rice Burroughs or, or, you know, whoever else that you want to put in there. Um, mm -hmm. And I, and I kind of dig it. Uh, I mean, I actually dig it. I actually ended up enjoying this issue quite a bit. It was a bit confusing at the beginning because you don't know mm -hmm. time and place and everything. And then you get to, you know, what I think is the, probably the saddest part of the book is when you realize that, you know, Supergirl came to this planet with a red sun so she could get drunk and forget the fact that she has lost everyone. Yes, because Tom King cannot write a story that does not involve clinical depression. Well, I mean, somebody she is always did, going she to lost be her. Scared. Well, I mean, that's not Tom King that came up with the, the whole concept that Krypton was destroyed and Supergirl had to go and babysit her, uh, her little baby bro uh, cousin who was all grown up by the time she got to Earth. 
But, you know, that's, you know, it's really kind of kind of a thing. It's like, yeah, how does someone like Supergirl deal with grief? And her answer is when she turns 21, she flies off to a planet that uh, no one knows who she is under a red sun so she can get drunk. And I never really thought about that before. It's like we know that in the Flash television series and probably in the comic books as well, that um, Barry Allen cannot get drunk because of his high metabolism, no matter how how hard he tries, his metabolism burns the alcohol up very, very quickly. And I never thought that maybe Kryptonians were the same way or that alcohol didn't have the same punch on Kryptonians as it does on the mere mortal that is a human. Mm. And I don't know if that's ever been addressed before with either Superman or Supergirl. Yes, uh, I know it's been addressed with Superman. I don't think it's ever been addressed with Supergirl because she's always been, you know, pretty much canonically under 20. Um, yeah. Well, now she's a yeah, woman because she's Superman legal. Superman stuff is dealt with it. <laughs> well, you know, Super Supergirl's been twenty-ish or twenty-one-ish in the past. She moved off to Chicago in the eighties, but I feel like that's the thing that I take away from this that bugs me. Is uh, you know, I understand it. I don't necessarily question it, especially you know, in DC's current kind of publishing strategy where. It's not about slavish devotion to continuity. It's about how can we tell a cool story? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're bugged by this, you can say, hey, well, this took place before or this takes place on Earth 17, whatever you want to do to justify it to yourself. But as, as much as I love the sequence where Supergirl gets shot, then stands up because this guy hurt Crypto and takes two more broadhead arrows to the chest, walking up to this guy and saying, don't you even know who I am? And, you know, being incredibly cool, even though she's not invulnerable, taking all of this damage because she's about to tell these guys who she is and why you shouldn't mess with her puppy. That's cool. But I also feel like... Maybe it's just me. I'm 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 a little tired of everybody having to be driven by horrific trauma, I don't, I loss don't of a family member. I'm not I'm not know? sure that she's being driven. I don't think that Supergirl's mission is driven. I think she's just like, I need to get drunk. I want to get drunk, and here's the place where I can do it. And in the process, she meets a girl that's like, You must avenge the, the death of my family or my father. And she's like, Look, mm -hmm. I've had my entire planet destroyed. Don't don't talk to me about, you know, loss. I know about loss. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, the whole, you know, I found it interesting that here's why she's here. And that's what I read into it. Now, Tom King may not, you know, he just may say, Hey, look, she came to get drunk. She wanted to feel what it, what it's like to get drunk and she's 21. So in her mind, our earth customs, et cetera, she can do whatever she wants. And that's, this is how she does it. Um, but I don't think that that's, I don't think that's the crux of Supergirl's motivation. Mm, I hope not. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. This is supposed to be an eight issue series, which, you know, can definitely wrap that all up, put it all together and have a, you know, put it in a really, really well done story where we get some sort of resolution to that. That actually, to me, I feel like would be better than all of a sudden, you know, throwing this into, say, an ongoing plot line or having it be something in Justice League or the Supergirl even have her own book right now. Uh, I, I feel like her, her solo book got, canned. Got, got, got finished. Yes. Yeah. But. All in all, my takeaway from this is it's a weird Supergirl story, but it's a good story. And it's, it's, it's basically Game of Thrones, only all of a sudden there's a Kryptonian with a cape and, you know, S-crest 
on her planet, it stands for uh, Dragon Slayer. Yeah, I'm not but, even sure. I'm not even sure it's um, Game of Thrones type stuff. I, I, I really. Yeah, I think it's because of the Bilquis Evely art. She's very has very uh, Art Deco, uh, Art Nouveau kind of stylings in what she does. So again, it, to me, it feels like this is your this is your Conan. This is your Princess of Mars. This is your you know your your uh, Flash Gordon type type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really not magic in this either. Um, it's just basically we live on this on this world uh, on the rock farm. And, uh, this guy mm-hmm. came to, uh, just put the scare into anybody who might hate the King and killed my father in the process. And, uh, you know, my name is Ruth. You killed my father, prepare to die, uh, kind of motivation that comes from that. So, um, yeah, that's like Aria from the game of the Thrones. But yeah. again, I feel like even if I have problems with, you know, the characterization of the story, the strength of the art really makes up for much of that. You know, yeah, there's a, a sequence where when we first see Supergirl, she's, you know, wearing this weird tunic thing and she's hiding who she is. And it's kind of hilarious because this big, strong Dwayne the Rock Johnson looking gentleman is taking a sword and trying to intimidate her. And she's like, no, it's OK. I, I'm 21. Don't don't hit me with your stupid sword. Just stop it. And <laughs> ends up having a. a pretty successful sword fight with this Schmendrick while being drunk. I really, really enjoy that. I like the fact that we have that Conan character, that Tarna character, that whoever you want to call it. And, you know, the superhero trumps it because, well, it's a comic book and it's a superhero genre. But I I like a lot of this. I love the art. And I'm definitely going to come back for issue number two. I have been a fan of Bilquis Evely's art since the first time she did work for DC. I think it was a Sugar and Spike. No, it was the uh, Legion of Superheroes uh, backup story in one of those anthology books that mm. DC was putting out that I just simply loved. And I've been a big fan of hers ever since. Um, uh, story wise, I really dig this. I think it's really, really cool. I'm down for all of this. Um, there was something else that you had said a moment ago uh, in terms of the story that I wanted to comment on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't remember what it was don't, off the top of my head. Don't hurt the dog. <laughs> no, I, don't oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. I, I did like the appearance of crypto, not really doing anything other than what a dog does. So you've got the faithful companion, uh, sidekick mm-hmm. here. Uh, but what I kind of like, and I know a lot of people might have problems with this. I like the casual swears that Supergirl does. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of fun. Yeah. And I don't and know the- why, I don't know why I like it. It just feels like. Yeah, this is probably something she would she would say. I mean, I'm not sure that that Clark would curse, but I think I like Supergirl dropping a casual swear here and there. Yeah, she's I mean, she's a young woman. She's away from home. Her, you know, father figure, cousin, whatever you want to call it, is not around. I think that's awesome, especially, you know, when she swears right before she throws up yeah. <laughs> or, you know, when she's out in the middle of a fight and bad things are happening and she's like, ah, rat fart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I like a, that. That's paraphrasing. Yeah, that's nice. And, you know, I've said it. I said it before. I'll continue to say it. The visual of her standing up with arrows in her chest, bleeding profusely and walking up to some guy and saying, do you think I give a swear about swords and arrows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a price of admission moment yeah, yeah. right there. It's really good. The other thing that I wanted to comment on was you mentioned that this was an eight-issue uh, series, limited yes. series. And I kind of dig that as well. Now, for the last couple of years, Boom Studios, I want to say Boom kind of pioneered this. 
I may be wrong in this, but they were the ones that were kind of like, look, we're okay with doing a four issue miniseries. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and I know other uh, publishers like Dark Horse did it back in the 80s and 90s with their aliens yeah. and their robot cops and those kinds of things. But yeah. in recent time, you know, there was this period in the 90s and through the early 2000s where it was we either have to have six issues to get the trade paperback or we have to have 12 issues so we can get two tw- uh, paperbacks and then a volume together. Right. But it seems like several years ago, Boom was like, yeah, we don't care. We're going to let this story run as long as it needs to go. If it needs to go for issues it's four issues if it needs to be three issues it's three issues if it needs to be seven issues it's going to be seven issues and i'm yep. i'm i'm digging that other publishers are finally seeing this and saying look we need to make this as long as it needs to be without trying to pad a bunch of stuff and without mm-hmm. trying to make the f- story feel rushed uh there was a book that we reviewed magic mafia something uh a while ago and i had mentioned that it felt rushed and the the writer reached out to to me after our doing review of that and said yeah the publisher told us to cut it short. And so that's why everything felt rushed in the final chapter. And so it just kind of feels like let's tell this story with, you know, without trying to set a reprinting uh, mandate on these things to collect them in some kind of trade to get a certain paper count, whether it be six issues or more. Now, the other thing that is nice and why this probably will feel like a 12 issue miniseries when it's done is the fact that it's 32 pages long instead of the regular 22 pages or 20 22 pages, I think, is what we commonly 20 get. is a regular DC book. Yeah. So I think by the time we get a issues, it'll it'll feel like a 12 issue uh miniseries. But yep. I kind of like that they're just like, yeah, if you want to make this eight, do it in eight. But just make sure it's done in eight so we don't have to go back and say, oh, now we had to extend it to issue nine or anything like that. So they don't put prices on the covers anymore. How much was this? Four ninety nine was the uh, cover of this. It was the price of this one. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, four ninety nine for thirty two pages, well worth it. I'm giving it a thumbs up. I really think that if you are a fan of Supergirl, I think if you are a fan of uh, female empowerment, if you want to see uh, feminine heroes, I think that this is definitely a book that you want to pick up and add to your collection. If you like some casual swears and Supergirl running around in her underwear, uh, then you also should pick this book up as well. <laughs> well, I'm not necessarily interested in Supergirl running around in her underwear. Well, I mean, she runs. I mean, she's in her underwear on the cover of the of the issue. That's her costume. I know, but Ruth throughout the issue Ruth thinks that because that the her I've seen uniform, women's underclothing yeah, before. <laughs> she thinks that because it's all under the cloak that it's her underwear, and so she's like, "I've seen your underclothing before." Yeah, it's fine. I agree with you. I like this. Um, I think it's beautifully drawn. I will say that if you have a sensitivity to the, you know, any of the emotional issues, the possibilities of oh, here's this character who's you know, scarred and depressed, or if the idea of crypto getting badly wounded and maybe probably not, but maybe killed. No, he's standing you. in the last, he's in standing in the last panel. He's a, you know, you can't trust that. He's a Kryptonian dog. He could be just floating away slowly. Is he standing? No, he's lying there. Mm. He's lying there next to her going, I'm a dog. but yes, um, that's definitely something to be aware of, but all in all, this is, really pretty good yeah and if you're somebody who only knows supergirl from tv i don't think you're gonna have a problem addressing this there's nope. nothing in here that forces you to be familiar with dc's you know oh, i see what you're continuity. saying i see what you're saying you're saying supergirl the live action uh television right. series i was you thinking only know your tv supergirl with your uh, melissa benoist yeah well but there's also a tv supergirl from superman the animated series and i was going to say that this felt more akin to the rebel uh, Supergirl from from the animated series. 
Well, that's 25 years ago, Stephen. Nobody remembers that. Oh, no. People still remember Superman, the animated series. They, they believe me, people love this thing. So thank you, dear listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing us to review this book this week. It's all because of you that we were able to do this. You headed over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers. And you look for the dueling review uh, category in which we post up every Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when I get around to it. But uh, that's where you go in and you look at the comics that are coming out next week. Next week is June 23rd. And then you go into that list. You find something that you might find interesting. You say, hey, I think you guys should review Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, number one, or maybe something else. Like next week uh, from DC Comics, we have Action Comics number 1032, Batman Reptilian, number one. That one looks pretty interesting. Batman Batman fights like the Joker, right? Batman Superman, number 19, that uh, has uh, Batman and Superman and Cowboy Duds in the Old West. So, you know, that could be something. Also, Detective Mm -hmm. Comics 1038, Future State, gets a trade collection. Harley Quinn sees issue number four. And Robin gets a third issue. Oh, and we missed issue number two. Uh, How did he survive being dead? Ah, I got to go back and get that one before issue (laughs) number three arrives next week. Over at Boom Studios next week, we have Firefly number 30, Good Luck number 1, Power Rangers number 8, and Something is Killing the Children number 17. Dark Horse Comics has Black Hammer Reborn number 1. I think you might be interested in that one, Matthew. Lady Baltimore Witch Queens number 4, the penultimate issue there. Dynamite Entertainment has Betty Page and the Curse of the Banshee number 1. Dynamite Lives number 1, Invincible Red Sonia number 2, Red Sonia number 28, Vampirilla number 20, Vampirilla versus Purgatory number 4 and Vengeance of Vampirilla number 19. I wonder where Dynamite Entertainment's putting all their all their eggs in which basket they're putting all their eggs. You know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's probably Batman. Yeah, maybe. Uh, IDW Publishing next week has Sonic the Hedgehog, the 30th anniversary special, TMNT ongoing 118, and Transformers 31. Also, Transformers Back to the Future number four, the final issue there. Over at Image Comics, it's Jules Fern's Lighthouse number three, Old Guard, Tales Through Time number three, uh, Shadecraft number four, Spawn Universe. Oh my goodness, Matthew. I know you were super excited about the return to the Spawn Universe. $5.99 for that book. Going to see a whole lot of uh, characters from Todd McFarlane coming up in the uh, in the next couple of issues of this thing. Uh, also, Vinyl Number 1 arrives next week. Over at Marvel Comics, Amazing Spider-Man number 69. Oh, uh, yeah, nice. a whole conversation about Batman, and we got uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 69 coming out next week. Nice. Marvel's Voices, Pride number 1, Silk number 4, Sword number 6, Way of X number 3, and X-Men Legends number 4. In all the rest category, we have Chunky Graphic Novel. <laughs> I prefer Skippy. <laughs> uh, I think it's smooth, right? Extraordinary number one, Fuzzy Baseball uh, number four. Uh, let's see, Grim Fairy Tales number 49. I can read comics level one, two, and three. So you might uh, get something for your, your young'uns there. Jungle Fantasy Fauna. Here we go, Matthew. How many, how many variant covers do we have in Jungle Fantasy Fauna? Ten. No. 11. No. 14. Higher. 26. Lower. 18. 18, exactly. You got the regular cover, the Bikini Babe nude variant, the Bikini Babe variant, the Crash Wrap cover, the Homage nude cover, the Homage variant cover, the Luscious nude variant, the Luscious variant, the Natural Beauty nude variant, the Natural Beauty variant, the nude variant, the Painted nude variant, the Painted variant, the Sultry nude variant, the Sultry variant, the Wrap nude, and the Wrap variant. Also, uh, King Tank Girl, number five. 
final issue there. Wait, and who's uh, going to rap on the rap nude? Uh, Shadow Man uh, number three from uh, was that Valiant Entertainment and World of Archie Jumbo Comics Digest number one ten. What are you waiting for, dear listeners? Head over there to the Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash Major Spoilers. Cast your vote and then come hang out with us Thursday nights at uh, what is it uh, eight o'clock p.m. Central Time. You can hang out Central, and you nine p.m. Mountain, ten p.m. Uh, Pacific and no. in Baltimore at 642. Let's let's get this right. Eight o'clock central, seven right. o'clock mountain, six o'clock no. Pacific, nine no, o'clock eastern. Direction. No, you're going well, the wrong what, dress, direction. And you're what time is people. it in Britain? It is, uh, what is that? Uh, six hours difference. So it is um, one o'clock a.m. Two in the morning. Yeah. Well, daylight savings. All right, everybody. Uh, Also, come and hang out. We do have stages involved. You can raise your hand. You can talk. You can chat. You can do whatever. You might even be part of the show like Marshall was at the beginning. Hey, look, Marshall's here again this week, as is uh, Omega Lazarus and Mark Smith 72 and uh, our good friend Olin, um, who somebody else was in there a little bit earlier, but they maybe have left. You can come and hang out with us uh, and come and hang out next week when maybe you will hear Matthew say, Call me. We'll go skirt shopping. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.